0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Cyber Weekly. I am the gracious your podcast host, and I am with Josephine, along my co-host. In this podcast, we talk about cybersecurity security and all matters related to cyber. We book review monthly on other areas besides cyber security. I'm glad that you, you made it. Uh, Josephine, how have you been? Uh, fine. Uh,
1: thank you, uh, Dale. How have you been?
0: Ah, live and kicking.
1: OK, that's good.
0: <laughs> so uh, as we discussed in uh, before, we had talked of uh, two major areas we will be talking about, which is vulnerability assessment and uh, patch management, right? Yes. So uh, let's start with the vulnerability assessment. Um, when it comes to vulnerability assessment, how do you think you should implement vulnerability assessment?
1: So I think the uh, vulnerability assessment, if um, if I understand it correctly, is is basically make make an assessment of how vulnerable you are, and and that that level that level that's happens at different levels, uh, the level of the infrastructure, at the level of your uh, operating systems at the level of your systems so at all levels how vulnerable are you and the vulnerability is mostly related to how you have um, you know how you you know constructed your network or put up your network how you're running your systems what OSs you're using uh, what what your policies are what you're implementing at different uh, you know the say sys admin level so it's it's at, a, at, at many levels. Now, um there are many tools out there that allow you to, to do a vulnerability assessment in your in the network. Um, and you can always you can obviously try and do that internally. I think recommendations vary, but I think you you know, doing a monthly assessment is is not considered too often. Um, what may be more beneficial to these companies if they're doing vulnerability assessment is to do uh, to have it done externally as well so that because sometimes it, it's very it's sometimes difficult to check yourself uh, if you're if you're the one who put together things you're the one who's built a network you're the one who you know, who's running whatever OS is you're running you've chosen those um so it's sometimes difficult to assess yourself so I think doing an external assessment uh can be much more useful than than if you do it internally. Internally, you also know uh, how your network looks, and perhaps you could have blind spots as to the different different areas that you're not looking at. An external party does not know enough about your network, so they're going to just check do a vulnerability assessment based on little knowledge, uh, and that can often help you to see where you're vulnerable.
0: So now, when it comes to that, let's break it down to starting from the physical, then the administrative, then the technical. So now for the physical, uh, in terms of uh, the security implementations, what would you think should be placed there? Then when it comes to the technical controls, what do you think would be more feasible? And then which policies would you implement to avoid any vulnerability?
1: Um, of course, the a policy that that looks at vulnerability is going to say you need to look at everything in the network. but as i, I think I've said previously that having a policy does not mean that you it stops you from being vulnerable. It just means that it creates awareness and it gives you uh, processes and procedures that you follow to make sure that you you, you try not to you know you, you try and mitigate uh attacks which are which which exploit your vulnerabilities so on the on the physical level obviously there are there's there are things that you can do to protect yourself i think the uh policies that are around um visitor policies policies around access physical access to, to secure uh, to secure places uh policies around managing your assets um, and understand, employees understanding their responsibilities and all that and con- all that that's very important um and then of course you've got a network um having a configure network in such a way that perhaps you have um you you you, you w- w- outward facing um servers or whatever it is are protected you know with a firewall Internally, you have a DMZ. Also, these are all technical things that you can do to to on a network side, and and of course, I, I'm sure you know more about this, and I'm sure you can speak to to this a, a bit more. But I think, if having looked at the network, then you've got to look at your your um, you know what you're running, your operating system. They, you know, a lot of us run with Windows operating systems and Windows operate Windows uh, Microsoft, for instance, is very clear on what operating systems are being supported, uh, which ones are out of support, and we, a lot of us find ourselves running OSs on our servers or even even our, on our desktops and laptops, uh, running OSs which, which are no longer supported, which means that uh, any vulnerabilities that come about as a result of those are cannot be patched, and therefore it leaves you very vulnerable. Um, when you're developing software, like the company we develop, in our company we develop software, we have to make sure that we are developing, uh, developing software by designing security mm-hmm. in, the very, in the very early stages, not waiting at the end and saying, okay, so what are our security controls? But uh, starting at the very beginning and saying, okay, so if we were to design this system in a, se- in a secure way, what would the security look like? So you're designing and then developing, along a very secure design uh, at different levels. I think those are things that you can do in vulnerability to, uh, to mitigate vulnerability. But I think what, as uh, you said, it's, it's, it starts with having a culture around uh, security. It starts with making sure that staff are aware around about what that means. It also means that being able to document what it looks like in a policy and being able to document what it looks like in procedures, um and things that you do. There's a lot you can do to mitigate vulnerabilities and it doesn't end at a higher end policy. It ends at being very pres- prescriptive around um things like patch management, um having, you know, uh, uh updates, how often you update your 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 OS, how often do you um Making sure that you have your antivirals in mouth, dental wear also updated often. So there, it's very. There are many things you can do and you should do, um, and there's many things that you need to do frequently. So the policy will set the stage, but you need to be able to do that. Uh, It it needs to be a living, a living thing that you do. It's not a one-off.
0: Yeah. Now, when it comes to uh, the vulnerability assessments. Uh, abroad, you find that companies like Google, uh, uh, companies like uh, Amazon, companies like uh, Tesla are having uh, bug bounty programs. And in these bug bounty programs, they usually just uh, outsource people, people from different places all over the world, even here in Uganda, find that they're having accounts on HackerOne, One, which is one of the bug bounty uh, providers. And with this, they're able to find vulnerabilities. People from or even me, I can go and start looking through people's programs and you'd be like, oh, there's this vulnerability. Um, I don't know. When it comes to that, do you feel like the country is also going to be starting to lean towards that? Because you find that being very effective, even if you have your internal vulnerability assessment team, you find you could could also require other people to do that same thing. And to make it better is you only pay them when they've actually found a vulnerability that you have actually found that it's actually a true vulnerability, not a false. So uh, what do you think about uh, bug boundary to be in terms of uh, vulnerability assessment?
1: Okay, first, you need to explain to me what Bug Bounty is. Is it just the, is it a, a way of doing things or is it a, a specific name subject, especially for the audience well, to explain what yeah. Bug Bounty is?
0: Well, Bug Bounty, it's basically deals with uh, active penetration texting, but in a safe environment, That doesn't affect the organization systems. So let's say Google. Google has their website, right? And this website might have vulnerabilities. Their internal team is trying to assess the vulnerabilities, but then they also bring in these other people, basically people from everywhere in the world, try to also access their system. But through bug bounty programs, not these random things of just going and starting to hack people anyhow. With bug bounty programs, it's organized that you find that the organization, like let's say Hacker One, is one of those big organizations which deal in that. So the people come in, if anyone who is good with hacking and all that. So you go there, you set up your account, there are different uh, companies there. So you pick any of those companies, so you just basically test. If it's the website, you go through, like maybe Babsuit, one of those tools which you use for testing website uh, security. So you go through it. If you actually find a bug inside it, you report the bug, which is the error. So if you report it, the company will get back to you if it's actually an actual issue. So then they will tell you to wait for this amount of months before actually what? Them publishing that this is actually an error. So so when they fix it or when they've gone through it, you will get your amount, they pay you, if it's actually a problem. So you are paid for that, then what? Then, Then they also fix the issue on their end. So that grace period, usually after you finding the bug and then them paying you and also them figuring out that there's, there's a bug, uh, there's a bug, it's an actual bug. is It's usually like around three months, five months, something like that, depending on what they usually tell you. So yeah, it's a very effective method in terms of to, to figuring out where the bugs inside the system. So uh, in the context of, uh, the country we are in right now, do you find that it's going to be an effective method? And do you feel like we should embrace that? Because remember with bug bounty, if you don't get a bug, you're not paid. So it doesn't, I feel like the costs will also not be that high compared to if, yeah. Anyway, it's okay to have an internal one, but outsourcing, do you find like it's a very good method?
1: Yeah, that, that's, that sounds, um, definitely a useful method. Um, yeah. and I'm assuming if you've got companies like Google involved, that, um, there's an, a level of trust that's been built by the, the, in terms of people, other companies trusting that system, that it works and that it's, you know, then become vulnerable to hackers. I know I have hackers do wear uh, different hats and, um, uh, the ethical hacking that is involved there is, is something that is, I think, given the you know the the, the, subs, the subscription based, I, I imagine that uh, these are ethical hackers. I think it's it's definitely useful to have uh, something like that to help um, to help users. I think what uh, I found with um, with getting external support to to help with the company is a cost that is involved and immediately when you think when you talk about that kind of setup it, it does give the impression that uh the costs involved you know are not are not so prohibitive because you're, lo- you're looking at sharing resources i think one of the the, the things that i am keen on is to see a collaborative approach to to dealing with these issues and um we can definitely it can definitely help companies to see how um, how vulnerable they are without getting into an exorbitant uh, cost in the process now what i what i would say is it, it takes time to build that trust that uh, the people who are hacking are, will are ethical first of all and that they will remain ethical um it's easy to to know what my vulnerability is and for me to um, for you to let me know what it is and for me to try and fix it. But having known that vulnerability uh, as a hacker, if you do not remain ethical, what happens when, you know, in terms of you're your being able to then access me, me and, and, and you know, and exploit a vulnerability perhaps that I haven't completely fixed. So obviously there's uh, a lot of trust building there, but I, I, I think it's something that would be useful. And that's something that will, will, you know. I know the the Googles of this world are often well ahead of us in in how they think and how they do this. But I think it definitely is worth something. Worth something that that we should uh, consider doing.
0: Yeah, it's actually a very good method because when you find like depending on how high like the severity of the the that's the amount of money you pay the person (laughs) so you find that you you you're not so much constrained to like a full-on board thing Mm it's more relaxed but again you also have to think of whether like what you said whether the person will actually be ethical about it but most of the times especially for these big organizations like Haka one you find that no, see so the guys, they are actually really good at what they are doing. And it's actually a full-time job for them. So you find the guy literally, that's his job. So anyways, when it comes to, let's go to patch management. When it comes to patch management, uh, first of all, what is patch management and uh, how would you implement patch management?
1: Uh, Dale, you're the student. I think you need to help me define <laughs> <laughs> It's been a long time okay. since I did batch management. <laughs>
0: okay. okay. Batch management is uh, basically <laughs> a company. They, let's give an example of a company. We all use Microsoft. So Microsoft has Microsoft 365, which is... Basically, those tools, Office, Word, PowerPoint, and all that. So they someone finds a vulnerability, or them, when they are testing the system, they'll find a vulnerability inside Microsoft 365. And let's say this vulnerability uh, allows someone to, to hack inside that system. And then do whatever he wants with them in the what that application. So, with patch management, the company, when it figures out that there is that vulnerability, they will come up with a patch or something to stop that attack, an update which is enabling them to stop that attack from happening so that's basically the patch mean, right? so they will roll up. that's why we find that uh, almost every week or month or so that they'll keep on releasing a new update so yeah. most of those updates are usually for an attack which they'll figure out to make maybe those bug bounty programs so someone will figure out that hack then internally they will try to you know, those few months of, you know, checking out whether it's a potential problem or not, they will come up with a patch for it. So they will roll it out, then people update their systems. That's why it is important to update your machines. So I think you now have to deal with the next question of why do you need to patch and how do you patch the systems?
1: Okay. so. Thank you for that. So so patch management you've explained very well, thank you. And um, basically what a patch is is is, is something that's gonna fix a vulnerability. That's basically it. And yes. and the and the beauty of, of having um OSs and all that is that the the, 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 the Microsoft the, the owners of the OSs often do the assessment of what the vulnerabilities are and then they they create patches that will fix the, those vulnerabilities. Now within an organization you need to be able to have a patch management policy which looks at all the systems you're running so whether it is software os your own software anything um it's mostly software uh but it's not just sitting on the os it's sitting on on everything all the software that sits on devices so you even find uh you know on your phone you've got you've got updates often which come about because you know the, the the patches that need to be fixed uh, and the upgrades that need to be done and i and I think it's important in in, in having a patch management uh, process is that it's it shouldn't be just about uh, I get the patch and I and I fix and I run it it' Its making sure that you have a process which which allows you one to to, to test the patch. It's not always going to be possible. But if if you're looking at maybe software that you've developed, um, and you, and somebody's running a patch, you need to be able to test that. So perhaps test it test it on a testing environment to check that the patch, patch the patch is not going to be detrimental to your system. So having a process in place which identify uh, which highlights the fact that this is a patch, you need to test it first, and before you even when once you test it. And you're comfortable with it? Are you? Before you even applied? You have a, a fallback position. There are many patches that have failed, even with with the, with the with the with the windows and all that. And you you've you've also been in a position where you've run a patch and it's messed up. Your settings it messed up things. So the the comfort there is that you should be able to roll back if a patch doesn't work. But the ultimately having a patch management means that your systems, your um, whatever you're running your firmware whatever it is are all running in terms of at the, at the level at the best level they are currently with vulnerabilities covered, the latest known vulnerabilities covered so that you're comfortable that you can do that. So it's, it's good to have that where you do a test you deploy and you have the ability to roll back. But you also need to be monitoring what the impact of that patch is. We we've all known the, the that you, you you can run a patch and then a few days down the line your system starts misbehaving. Yeah, I mean I've i happened a lot with my phones. Um, I once I I I once did um, an upgrade. I know this is not a patch, but I want they did an upgrade to Windows 11, and it was so frustrating that I couldn't find anything. That after a few days, I just said, you know what, this is not working for me, and rolled back. So monitoring the performance, making sure that your your the perform the performance of your patch has not, I mean, the the, the effect of your patch it has not been um a, 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 in drastic you, that the performance of your system has now become slower or anything like that. So you need to be able to manage that. Um, and have a system of documenting the patch management procedure or process should allow or should should be able to tell you how to run the patch that you should be able to document how often you should you should be checking for patches depending on your system. Do you wait to be prompted or do you make sure that you check for updates uh, within your patch? Um, I think that's essentially what I can say for that. I think as a software developer, I think what we do is we we, we, we tend to test, um, ever so often the software to check for, for new vulnerabilities, especially depending on the platforms that the software has been built on. So we make sure that the monitoring updates to, to, to the OS's that we run, that we're using, uh, the OH or the database systems that we're using so that if there are vulnerabilities that, uh, that have been highlighted, then we're able to update, uh, the solutions to, 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 to cater for that. Yeah.
0: Sorry, you on mute. Yes, when it comes to that, there's a question I always want to ask. uh, When it comes to uh, managing such issues, do you find that, especially patch management and vulnerability assistance, do you find ladies thriving in that industry? And do you find that it's easier for a lady to do that?
1: Uh that's an interesting question. Um so are you asking what about ladies in IT or just within this process? Because this is a very small process of of, of man in managing vulnerability generally basically. in IT. Yeah. Yes, I think um there is um I don't I don't want to say to, to blanket every you know, to say that ladies are better at this and than that, but I think there is for, for somebody to manage your systems, for instance, at a system admin level where they're perhaps or perhaps at a security analyst level, they, I think people call it different things. But the roles that require the detail, the repetition, uh, need somebody who's detail-oriented. And that's something that um, that's often ladies are good at. Um, I'm not saying that uh, in my in my, in my my career, in my past, I worked with, with ladies and, and men on all this. and. Uh, to be honest, uh, the the people that I work with have been very good at what they do, in in this in, the, in both both men men and women in the same roles that that uh, requires that. So I think that's something that uh, it's hard to label, but I think it's more about the kind of person that you want for the role. Somebody who's detail oriented, somebody who's follow going to follow through on on making sure that everything is patched somebody who who's willing to document someone who's willing to follow process somebody who's willing to work with others to make sure that uh the patching is done remember patching uh, patch management is not just gonna be on servers it's gonna be on laptops on on all devices and not all, not all the devices sit with within the remit of the of the security analyst or the system sys admin, so you need to be able to work with others. So you, you don't really want somebody who is um, uh, wary wary of interacting with people, somebody who's very very uh, who wants to just stay in the background. You need to be able to have somebody who can who can uh, follow through on on and interact with people to make sure that this this is done because this is a very important um, way to protect systems and to be a little bit proactive so that you know vulnerabilities uh, are not. Are not quickly uh, exploited, so you need to be up up there with money, uh, being knowing what trends are coming up, being keen on on on, on monitoring the trends, uh, the the, the publications. You know, there's, there's a lot of information that can, can come to you about what is vulnerable, what 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 uh, what vulnerabilities are being exploited, what the attacks are. So I think it's somebody who who, who provide that combination. So it's a difficult question, uh, Bill, to answer. (laughs) But as I said, it it needs to start with the profile of the person.
0: Now, uh, I think let me now test out my pitching. Finally. Um, So this time I'm pitching about uh, vulnerability. Like this, like the last time, so this one uh, is vulnerability. It's a Microsoft vulnerability. Um, as you know, most of the most of the machines we use are for Microsoft. So the vulnerability I'm talking about affects us in a way that. A hacker is able to access our network and places his own code inside our system. And this code can affect our business in a way that if if we have 5,000 daily users of our network, via the tellers, actually the five thousand daily teller transactions, find that it will be affected in a way that you won't be able to access it. People will work will be redundant. People will have issues when it comes to performing their tasks. As administration, it will be a very high challenge talking to people in the organization we shall have an issue of the ATM machines not working because the machines which are connected to the network, all of them will be down. And as internally, we are working proactively to stop this attack by ensuring that we patch the system to make sure that it's not susceptible to this but be it that most of the time our network is overloaded we find that we shall need to schedule a particular date maybe over the weekend or sunday that we'll be able to uh, pass the system that being said um Currently, we are on top of things and what we require from management is uh, compliance with uh, our needs in terms of making sure that we are in strong agreement that we could perhaps wait till the last week of the month in order for us to do this as we keep on monitoring to find out that there are no issues on the network. Yes, that's it.
1: Okay, so thank you for that. I think it's it's quite clear what what it is you're asking. Although I'd probably ask you to, you know, at the end you need to reiterate what it is you're asking. So you basically said that all the machines that are running with MS have a vulnerability, which if exploited, will bring down our tellers. I'm assuming we're like in a, a bank environment. Which if it's exploited will bring down our tellers and our ATMs, right? Um, yes. and you're requesting that you apply the patch over the weekend to so that it doesn't disrupt uh business, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um so what we're what you're also saying is that, that the the vulnerability is there but has not yet been exploited. Yes. Okay, so we have vulnerabilities on MS and it's not been exploited. Okay, um, I think that it's a it's a good pitch, um, in the sense that you've articulated very clearly what the problem is and what the impact of the of the problem is, um, and you've also articulated what you need in terms of the approvals of uh of what the thing, is. what it hasn't done is. It's okay when you when you highlight the vulnerability and you say it's going to be fixed down the line. My concern is, what if it it's, it's exploited before that time? So I'm yeah. I, I'm still concerned that there's a risk. So that gap hasn't been addressed, and I'm worried. I'd start asking and saying, okay, I I appreciate the impact of this. We have, we have not been uh, exploited yet, but what if? Exploit, exploit 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 happens before you run the patch, this is still impacting um, all our machines. Potentially the whole organization will be affected, correct?
0: Yes. yes. So uh, what we're working on proactively is the specific indicators of um, them accessing our systems. So we are, um, we have set up our firewalls to actually monitor uh, and our systems to actually monitor to find out whether there are those indicators to stop them in case that actually happens. So we are on top of things and we are making sure that whatever happens, we are actually seeing it and our systems are actually Able to track and detect when such a thing happened. And all the team members have been alerted of this. So we are actually proactively working on making sure that nothing happens under our watch.
1: Okay, that's good. Um the, the other thing that I would you it would be nice for you to say is is perhaps to say. To give details around the vulnerability, when was it uh, discovered, um, and then the timeline that you you given? Because now we're talking generally, but you have said the uh, vulnerability has been discovered. Perhaps this is today is what say today is a Monday. You say the vulnerability was discovered uh, a few days before, and this is uh, this is the impact of it. But uh, within this period, we're going to be able to fix the problem. Um, what I, I noticed when we discussed last time is that you um when we look at governance there is there's also um I especially IT governance IT governance is about the whole organization yeah and it's not just uh, it doesn't just sit within the CISO it doesn't just sit within the board so so there are structures and there are uh there, there are um expected collaboration that you need to have with the organization before you come to the board to say this is what's gonna happen, right? So the the, the, the comfort the, um, the, the board needs is that you have, through your whatever committee it is or through the whatever uh, executive committee it is that you have agreed on a way forward and that you have got clearance with, the CFO, for instance, has accepted, perhaps the CFO is on the board, the CFO has accepted any cost that will be uh, incurred or you have discussed with the CFO, you have discussed with the CEO that, that this is something that has been accepted, that, that is accepted, acceptable, or you have ex- discussed with the operations person because this is something, if you do, for instance, a patch management, if you, if you for instance, apply patches, it also means that the systems will be completely down and inaccessible for the time that you're doing the patch. So it needs, it needs to be clear to the board that these are all steps that have been taken to have the approvals to do the patching, that the operating person or the COO, has, has you've discussed in your committees and agreed that this is something that, that the, the business can afford to do, that will not have a negative impact on the operations of the business. So there's some structures around the governance that also need to be, I appreciate that we're not you know, looking at that level of detail, but I did realize that um, when it comes to the board, governance is also about the structures, uh, the levels at which, at which decisions get made. So as a CU, CISO, CISO, when you're approaching the board, um, there needs to be clear indicators that this is something that you have discussed and it's been approved at a certain level before it comes to the board. So that's just as a by the way. But um it it, it also good to to give the board the comfort that that the the different departments that are managing. Uh, whether it is even whether you've talked to the risk person or whether you've talked to the CFO about the cost or whether you talk to this the CFO that, this, that it's something that they have approved and they're, they're okay with going to, to proceed. So in this instance, there's been no um, there's been no cost cost implications. You said you're going to do the patches, and the, the assumption is that there's no costs associated with running this patch other than the costs that are already already part of the business. I don't know if that is a correct assumption.
0: Yes, it's the correct assumption.
1: Yeah, so so it, it's it's also good to indicate that so there's a, a level of comfort that the that the um that there are no hidden costs that the board should should be uh, that the that the board should be aware of. So I think look at it also from the uh, in summary, just look at the the, the 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 gap where you've said that there's the vulnerability, but there's also the fear that can come about that. You say, oh, we can be hacked. So you say, yeah, we're going to do something about it. But the time in between, what is it, how are we mitigating that risk? So we already said that. And then, two, what is the cost of of the of of remediating? And then the third one is making sure that all the different uh, governance structures have been have passed. You pass through them before you come to the board to say, this is what this is what we want the board to 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 um. Um, to approve. So I think it's definitely a very good, uh, very good pitch. Um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's starting to talk more about the board language. The board language talk, looks at costs, stakeholders, um, impact and such things. So I, I think it's good that you're touching more up on all of those. Have I, did I lose you? You, you froze for a while.
0: I froze, but now back. Hopefully, you can hear me now.
1: Yeah, I can hear you, but I don't know if you heard me, the end.
0: Uh, you could repeat.
1: <laughs> where did I? Where did I, Where did you lose me?
0: Oh, just yes, continue. <laughs> but you <laughs> talked of uh, of uh, the hidden costs need to be mentioned, and uh, costs of remediation needs to be talked about. Yes, those are the key things you're talking about, right?
1: Yeah, and then the risk, the risk that, that not, you know, the, the gap, because you've said you're going to remediate, you already know the vulnerabilities is there, but what is that risk in between? How are you mitigating the risk before you do the patch, right? And then what governance structures have you gone through before you've come to the board? So whether it is talking to all the different uh, level uh, whatever executive committees perhaps you've gone through whether it is and making sure that you've gained approvals for say from the CEO about the about bringing down system, having systems offline for a while or the CFO to approve you if there are additional budget costs uh, the CEO is obviously on the board but perhaps making sure that you've done the the, the work in terms of collaborating with them to 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 be clear. On, on, on what this means for the business so it, it gives assurance to the board that this is not an you're not operating as an individual or as a unit because governance IT governance uh, covers everybody so it needs the board needs to have that layer of comfort that um, all the bases are being touched before before you get to, to them
0: But so basically hierarchy matters
1: uh, yeah it's not not so much hierarchy but uh, structure and process matter because you at the end of the day you 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 don't want to be uh, react reactionary to the board. I don't know if you understand
0: yes, I get your point. So every
1: little thing you have to go to the
0: board, yeah. So now when it comes to insurance, now in such a situation that you're dealing with someone and then definitely this whole period of waiting for, the, for me to pass the system, should their worry be there? Because you find that or should there a communication be there between the company and the insurance company letting them know of this and if this is even covered under the insurance in case something goes wrong?
1: Um so you're asking whether you should insure yourself before the patching? Is that what you're saying?
0: No, I'm asking whether we should communicate proactively with the company which deals with the patching in order for us to, you know, when this actually happens, that we are able to, is it insured or not under them? And are they okay with us being without? Because, you know, these insurance companies usually have their specific, uh, rules and regulations when it comes to the insurance. And now we are having a, a new vulnerability inside the system and we have not yet patched it. So there's a potential for it to actually affect us. So should we have that conversation with the insurance company to ensure that we are covered on that area in case an attack actually happens?
1: Ah, uh, that's an interesting question. Um, but what I would probably advise is that, look, you vulnerabilities crop up all the time mm. And you're always at a risk of that vulnerability being exploited. So the time to engage insurance is when you have failed in all the mitigation actions you've taken have failed and you've, you've been hacked, right? Yeah. So what I'm assuming is that you are going to make sure that you do the mitigation required to to to, to, to address this vulnerability uh, and that you will not necessarily need to go to insurance to say, listen, I have this vulnerability. Because the insurance will say, but what have you done about it? So it is having, you, you, know, you know that you you have to mitigate against it. The insurance doesn't solve that problem for you. The insurance addresses the issue when you have failed, when your mitigations have failed to work. But they also want to prove that when you knew of the vulnerability, what did you do about it? So going to the insurance is not going to help you address the problem and will not help you to get insured or for them to, and it'll just be taking, bringing you back. I think what you need to make sure is that at every time, every, uh, every at every stage, and this is the reason I ask for that gap between uh, patching and, and the, the vulnerability and then patching, that gap, that, that, what, the, that presents a risk, but you have a mitigation for it. You're monitoring because you know that the vulnerability exists. So if if you if you feel that that is sufficient, if you if you if the management feel that that's sufficient in in managing that risk until you actually uh, take action against it, then then it's it's something that you need to be able to to move forward with. Otherwise, it's 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 not. I think what uh, an organization should try and do as much as possible is to to be competent enough to 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 be able to one be constantly assessing their risks the, the the risks that they that they're being that they're faced and also being in a position to, to be active and proactive to mitigate against those risks insurance comes in at the end I think
0: okay yeah. I guess uh, that's it for this week thank you all for attending to the next one next two.